everybody. Welcome to Rachel's Reviews. And this is our next episode of the Female Film Critics Speak Out panel. This is our like eighth or ninth episode, which is pretty <laughs> crazy and very exciting. And this is a chance where I get to talk to some of my other fellow female film critics, bloggers, panelists, uh, YouTubers, uh, all that kind of fun stuff. And I'm really excited today to talk with two of my fellow female podcasters, Lady Pod Squad here today. And uh, I'm really thrilled to be able to do that. I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Rosa Parr is here. Hello, everybody. Yes. And Hannah is here. Hi. Yes. <laughs> And so thank you so much both for coming on. And I'd like to give you both a chance to kind of introduce yourself to our audience and tell us a little bit about what you do and what content you create uh, in, uh, in this uh, crazy space that we're all in. <laughs> and uh, so why don't you start with Rosa? Yes. So again, hello, everybody. Um, I am Rosa from Rosa's Reviews. I am co-founder, co-host of the Latinx Lens podcast, and I'm also assistant editor of In Their Own League uh, podcast and website. So yeah, I'm just film critic, I guess, uh, female film critic here. And Rachel, thank you. Thank you so much for the invite. <laughs> very much thank you for coming and rosa has been on my criterion project twice yes. uh podcast twice. so that's been really fun to get to talk with her about criterion films and uh, so hannah why don't you introduce yourself to our audience hi my name is hannah and i am a co-host of cinemania world podcast and we talk about movies or uh, movies news uh just about anything you could think of over there um, and I'm a frequent film Twitter user. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I really, I'm so excited to be on with you guys. You oh, guys are two of my favorite you. people on Twitter. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, that's, <laughs> I think that is a high compliment because Twitter is, is dangerous. Twitter but, is uh, dangerous. It is, yes. <laughs> we're going to talk about that. But Hannah, so how did you get involved in the podcast? Uh, did you just get invited to join? How did they find out about you? So I first started watching movies in like 2016. So I was like very late to like finding out my passion basically. Um, and I was on film Twitter like around then and just kind of talked to, you know, random people on there or whatever. And everyone knows that I really love Calling By Your Name. It's my favorite movie of all time. So I was invited on um, Cinemania one day for their pride review of Calling By Your Name. And I was like, sure, whatever. And it was my first time like ever doing any sort of like YouTube video or like podcast, like any sort of that kind of thing, right? And I was very nervous and I did the podcast and I guess I was good because they invited me back after that. And then I just really clicked with um, the founder of the podcast, uh, my friend Duane, and he's like my best friend. So now I am a co-host on the podcast and very involved with it. And it's like the thing that I'm like most proud of like ever. So mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Was was uh, was Larry on that episode of? Uh... Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me because that's his favorite movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so with Rosa, for you, I, you have been going to film school, is that right? Yeah, so I'm still currently working on, on my film degree, yes. You're incredible. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you do all you do. <laughs> but so you were going to film school, mm -hmm. and what inspired you to start film school? Um, yeah, so the, the film that got me into uh, 
possibly doing um, film criticism and doing it on a more uh, consistent manner, it was Wonder Woman. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I, I haven't been doing this for long, obviously. Uh, so yeah, it, it was Wonder Woman. I, I It's the movie that um, put me into it. And I was just hearing a lot of people talking about it and hearing how it was such a big deal because it was female directed, first ever live action female superhero and why it was such a big deal. And it was at that moment when I realized that since I'm not a cinephile, um, I'm not well-rounded with with uh, with uh, film history and so on. I, I, I decided to just go for it and uh, work on my film degree, uh, just to build a foundation and have something to to lean back on, and also have that that like uh, context when it comes to to and that insight when it comes to reviewing films and. Um, therefore, I won't be too lost <laughs> when, when yeah. a lot of people are talking about these uh, older films or, or um, people who were um, very important in, in film history and how that influenced to what we're currently watching now. So, yeah, I'm still working on it. Um, I'm, I'm beginning to get the little interest in, in doing a movie myself. But for the moment, yeah, it, it was Wonder Woman. And now that I wanted to take this more serious and, and have more uh, more credibility, so to speak, in my worldview, um, I decided to just go ahead and uh, work on my degree. That's great. And uh, Hannah, you guys focused a lot on box office, I think, at the beginning, right, of your podcast? And I was never involved in the box office stuff. Okay, I know Larry was. <laughs> yeah, Larry and Duane have their box office show. Okay, because I was wondering how they kind of had to pivot with 2020 in uh yeah kind of covering different topics and and uh is that challenging yeah I know it was hard for them and it was definitely hard for me and Duane too because on our live show we usually talk news um that's kind of our thing on there and with 2020 it was like there's no real like movie like news it was more just hey this got delayed again yeah Yeah. (laughs) and you know you can only say so much about like delays after a while uh and kind of have that same discussion over again so it was it was difficult to try and find footing but I think it definitely like solidified our show a little bit more because me and Dwayne during that time we uh found more of kind of like we developed more chemistry I think because uh, our show is very much like banter based and stuff like that it's more of a conversation than just kind of like going through like news points and stuff like that uh, like I said before we're like best friends so I think that was the time when we really got close mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it was great um, even though 2020 sucked for <laughs> a lot of other reasons but for uh, Sinmania it was a really good time to kind of find our place in the podcast world yeah it was an interesting year for Hallmark's podcast as well because that uh, was one of the only Christmas movies were one of the only things that were just going forward full speed. <laughs> I feel like I was the only one that was super busy <laughs> and watching, you know, I watched 115 Christmas movies new in uh, oh my 2020. God. Oh my. Reviewed, yeah. It was I watched intense. less new releases than that. <laughs> 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 but, uh, but yeah uh, so Rosa so you started in it, with the in their league group right right and you're still with them and right. that uh, so was that your first kind of podcasting experience uh no my first podcasting experience was actually uh with the next picture with Matt Neglia um oh. yeah what happened was that well, well, well 
I mean, you're, you're a member of the OAFC as well. Yeah. So, um, which is where I found a lot of you guys from. And I think that that platform being part of that film critic uh, circle kind of put me up in a little pedestal, so to speak. And um made me visible to to other people so yeah it just randomly one day um for the, the there's obvious reasons i mean i live in la and i just really close to hollywood so um i get the advantage of going to some well i used to not anymore <laughs> we're all locked down but at the time i would get to uh, uh the the early releases or the um the ones that had limited release films um, so yeah, I just get a message from Matt one day and he, uh, asks me if I had watched Late Night, uh, from, um, where Mindy Kellyan was in it and, uh, mm-hmm. Emma Thompson, I think. And she, uh, he told me if I'd seen it, if I'd be, um, a guest in his podcast, cause he wanted to have that female perspective on the film. So I did, I just jumped on it. <laughs> I was like, you know what, let's do it. No experience, nothing at all. And um, he, yeah, he gave me my first shot. As soon as uh, that podcast episode ended, I knew that's what I wanted to do. So I was like, yes, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I want to do. And ever since, I just thank them for that opportunity that not anybody would have done, particularly Mm -hmm. with someone with so little experience. Yeah, Matt Negley, I mean, he puts my 115 Christmas movies to shame. I mean, (laughs) oh my God, that man. The man (laughs) is a movie watching everything. <laughs> yeah yes he, he watched like uh something like 50 movies at sundance mm-hmm. oh my god six days i'm just like oh my gosh i watched yeah. three <laughs> <laughs> i felt like i i watched 27 and about i mean i was so exhausted uh yeah. from it so it's um he's unbelievable i mean he even did that in the live uh, like in 2020 uh sundance mm-hmm. he watched something like 50 movies it's just unbelievable the yeah. man is incredible but uh so you were then on in in there in the league and mm-hmm. then you started latinx and how did that right. start yeah, so Latinx Land starts from a class, a film class I was taking, uh, which is race and gender in American film. So week four, we're going to learn about Native Americans, Asian Americans, and Hispanics or Latinos in film history and our contributions in one week. <laughs> that should have been the first red flag, right? <laughs> Three different demographics in one week. Um, and yeah, our representation and contribution to film history, which is a little bit over 100 years, uh, <laughs> as well as television to top it off. So oh, yeah, wow. realizing a 500 page textbook and was just disappointed to read a page and a half just on Latinos and everything that we've done and we contributed. So yeah, out of that disappointment, I just came up with the idea of just do a Latinx lens, uh, highlight either um, direct actor. And uh, this the, uh, right now we're doing directors and actors, um, and we alternate. We we just showcase. Um, we select an actor or a director, and then three films and what they've done and how they contributed to Hollywood. But we mm-hmm. also uh, review films, not only Latinx centric are created, but also any random films because that I don't also think we should be boxed <laughs> to just review Latinx uh, mm-hmm. movies so yeah just just from that film class just disappointed me and now Latinx is existence because mm-hmm. of it so that's yeah. great uh so Hannah when when you're planning out the podcast with Dwayne do you 
what kind of, I guess, what kind of suggestions do you feel like you make that maybe he would never have thought of that you kind of encourage them to cover? Um, definitely more like the indie, like female directed films. Like uh, whenever I hear like news and stuff about that, I always make sure to kind of bring it up. Uh, Cause those movies are the ones that usually get me the most excited sometimes. And I feel like the, you know, news for them or some, or something like that kind of fly under the radar. Um, or if I do like watch like a female directed film or a female led film um, that kind of flew under the radar, I do like to bring it up in the podcast during our like first segment when we talk about like things that we've watched recently. Um, and yeah, I, I love having like being able to kind of um, with Dwayne, like he's very like educated and um, very on top of things with like female uh, a female voice in the film community. But it's definitely nice to have somebody to bounce off of and kind of like even take that conversation further with um, and kind of bring a different perspective to the podcast in a way because we do have um, other um, girls on the podcast, but we don't have as many as we do males on the podcast. So yeah. it's nice to kind of have that time. That's great. Uh, yeah. So I always ask on this show uh, that what do you think that females' voices, female critics add to the critic landscape? Do you feel like, well, it's just the same, whoever's reviewing a movie, it's, it doesn't matter. Or do you think that it really is important to have those, the, the female voices in uh, when you're reading criticism that you need to have a mixture? What do you, what do you think, uh, Rosa, as far as uh, when you read a review, do you think it makes a difference? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, the, the, the male gaze is certainly something out there. Um, and unfortunately, Hannah probably knows more about that than me. Uh, but it, it's, yeah, the female female gaze, female lens is something that, that we bring to the table. And on top of that, our own experiences and, and how we interpret uh, films and, and stories and, and so on and whatever we can relate to. It's going to vary from person to person. Uh, but the way we view the world or the way we and when I mean we I mean women um, it, it's different uh, at the end of the day we do live in a very patriarchal society a misogynistic society and it's something that men have never uh, all they've all they've done this whole time is benefit from it mm -hmm. so our lens certainly is something that it's much needed um, and and I do think we bring something um, new to the table well and also I feel like that obviously anybody can review anything, of course, right. and right. all opinions are valid, of course. Right. But I do think that, especially when you have content that I feel like at least is specifically kind of made and designed for women, mm -hmm. I think it's helpful to have women's voices saying, is this effective? And right. I felt that way uh, about Bridgerton recently, that uh, mm -hmm. to me, it was so obviously made for women. Again, that doesn't mean that men can't review it, doesn't mean they can't have an opinion on it. I totally get that. But just even in the way that the uh, the film was shot, particularly the steamier kind of sections of the film, I felt were really done in a way that was meant to sort of please women. And uh, so to, I, I was joking on Twitter, and of course people freaked out, but I was joking that it almost seems sort of ridiculous for men to review the show. It seems so made for women. And so uh, I, I think that, uh, that it's really important that if if the studios are going to put out content that is that has a female demographic associated with it, it's important that we have female film critics who are going to say, mm, or <laughs> uh, I, I think that's really important. I don't. What do you think, Anna? 
Yeah, I agree 100%. It's like, like you just said, no one should be able to not have an opinion on something. But I think with conversations around movies like Birds of Prayer, like Captain Marvel, it's like a lot of the men who reviewed it didn't enjoy it as much as women. And they said it didn't really affect me the way I hoped it would or leave an impression on me. And it's like, it's very obvious as to why I think a lot of the time. And it's like, you're not a girl. (laughs) That's what the demographic is, is for women. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to like affect them or resonate with them the same way that it will with like, you know, uh, female critics or just, you know, audience members. So yeah, I agree with you hundred percent with sometimes it's a bit ridiculous that with like movies or TV shows that are so obviously aimed at women that, you know, mm-hmm. men try and tear down a little bit. Yeah. And I, I it's one of the thing I dislike the most is these uh, YouTube channels where that's all they do is kind of comment on either stuff that's designed for children or stuff that's designed for women you know and be like oh we actually watched <laughs> and we actually watched a barbie movie or we actually watched descendants and like i mean i feel bad for for particularly young women these days because anything that they like is immediately deemed as being stupid yeah. and worthless uh that uh, and it's and it just it kind of makes me sad like anything that's a decom that's why i try to kind of review barbie movies review decoms review things like that there may be other other channels don't review uh because i just feel like somebody needs to be kind of out there giving some kind of critical analysis to this stuff and saying because some of it is some of it is bad and some of it's not well done uh, but uh, but i just feel like sometimes people are so hard on anything that is particularly tailored to like for girls between like 10 to 14 ish kind Mm -hmm. of age they're extremely tough I think on that I mean you must see that as a mom Rosa yes yes and it's very uh, it gets tougher and harder especially in, in the type of society we live in at the moment with like TikTok and and and, and yeah. so on and so forth and you have this yeah yeah it can be really tough I know what you mean well and especially I never thought about it before but the other day someone was saying that like it, t- teenagers have to constantly worry about having their picture taken all the time and that had never I don't know why it just never really occurred to me that that uh that how stressful that would be that literally every minute you have to worry about being video videotaped being put on social media I mean that must be really hard I mean you're younger than than uh us Hannah that must have been something that you dealt with uh yeah definitely yeah. <laughs> in high school in high school it was very weird to kind of go to like lunch every day and like just anywhere in the school really because you know we when you go to high school you usually have like everyone in your high school or a good amount of people in your high school on like your social medias and stuff like that so I'd see like that other people in my school like taking pictures of people who didn't know that they you know were going to be on their snapchats or like anything like that and kind of like poking fun at them so mm-hmm. i'd see it happen to other people and then be yeah. like well are they doing that to me so it's definitely stressful and kind of just makes you feel more self-aware and just not yeah. comfortable in a place that you should be comfortable it's yeah i uh, i was watching the movie the duff a while back uh, i don't know if you saw that but um in in there she gets pretty like pretty seriously socially media shamed and the attitude of the movie and the characters in the movie were kind of like, eh, just brush it off. It happens to everybody. 
was that was something that like from my perspective growing up in the 90s I would have been like oh my gosh I'm devastated and they were just very, very and so I asked my sister who's who's uh 18 years I have a sister that's 18 years younger than me and I asked her and she was like yeah yeah it happens we all get it I'm like oh wow that's crazy <laughs> it happens a lot but it's not easy to just kind of like forget about it or yeah. just not be conscious about it yeah well see that's what I want to talk about because both of you have when uh, we all have experienced trolling but I feel like both of you have experienced along with me some pretty hard hardcore trolling and and I, I people always just oh just brush it off just ignore it and for some reason I really struggle with that and it's something I'm really working on but it still stings that just yesterday somebody was just they ended up getting suspended from Twitter this account was just all over everybody calling people fat sloths and calling people horrible names and Nazis and saying it was just and then of course they got suspended from Twitter, but, and, and, and I'm like, I shouldn't, that shouldn't affect me. This is who cares about this loser, but it's still, when I saw those things, there was still a side of me. It was like, Oh, that's just, it's just, I don't know. It's still hard for me yeah. to read that stuff and just to know that that's there. And it's just so awful. And, I hate it. <laughs> and it is not my strength. It's dealing with trolls, but I've been so grateful to have this, the show every month to kind of buoy me up. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, let's start with what happened with you, Hannah. So you had said something about, you got backlash about uh, you saying something was sexist or something like that. What was the problem? Okay. So, <laughs> you know, everyone who's on film Twitter knows that there's videos that rolls around of other kind of content creators who yeah. uh, definitely are ignorant <laughs> and those kind of roll around on Twitter and everyone has an opinion on them, whatever. Um, I saw one one day and it was basically insinuating that Zendaya in Spider-Man Homecoming and Far From Home wasn't sexed up enough, uh, that she wasn't sexy enough, uh, whatever. And I was like, she's 16 uh, in the movies. Uh, so I shared it on Twitter and I said that it's disgusting that they even kind of insinuated that uh, she's 16. And my tweet got like, some likes or whatever and I guess it made it back to the person who was in the video saying those things and they went back on their YouTube channel and addressed me again me in particular uh not again but they addressed me and uh they said like oh thanks for trying to like me to us and like th things along those lines and then I didn't know that this was being said about me I because I didn't I don't watch this channel uh I don't mm -hmm. care so I had someone DM me actually and say, hey, I don't know if you know or not, but this content creator just called you out basically on his live stream. And I was like, okay. Uh, so I watched it and I put it, I screen recorded it and I put it back on Twitter because uh, I knew that he would see it and I don't like being walked all over. Uh, so I, <laughs> I posted it and I said, hey, uh, you don't even know what me too means, obviously. Um, so I'd suggest you stop throwing it around and you're literally attacking a 20 year old on film Twitter for saying something that you said was ignorant. Uh, and I guess that made it back to him also. And I didn't, I didn't think about it and nothing. Uh, and so <laughs> that same person DM me uh, and said, hey, the guy talked about you again, but addressed you directly this time, uh, saying your name. Uh, and this is a country creator that has, you know, a good amount of subscribers and like uh, views and stuff too, by the way. So <laughs> it's not like nobody was like seeing what was going mm -hmm. on. Right. Um, 
and he said Hannah uh I would like I'd take you out on a date obviously because you watch me so much um just like some weird like things and so I put it on Twitter and I said it's getting weird uh you're being weird I'm 20 leave me alone you're like 40 uh just admit that you said something gross and let's move on uh and he did not uh <laughs> he, he this time a lot of my uh friends on twitter uh were sticking up for me and he replied to my tweet and was like hey can we talk about this in dms and i he dm me and i said i would like an apology and he said you're making demands i said no it's ex- expectations and then he just left it at that and a lot of his fans started started coming after me uh and the i few of them called me a whore in their discord um a lot of them were just saying that I was making it up and that I was being like a baby and like over exaggerating and stuff like that so that was not the fun. worst that yeah. is the worst it was it was everywhere on twitter too it was like it was yeah. very stressful like getting like because I had so much like overwhelming love um from both of you too you both were um sending me so much love uh but just having so many people like see the post and interact with it and like some people who are very angry at me for even you know calling this person out um very anxiety inducing yeah Yeah. I yeah I mean I I can relate because I had the the f marvel tards send their goons after me and say that uh, that they wanted me to never review another film on Rotten Tomatoes ever again and to get me off of YouTube. And uh, and it was right after that that I got the death threats and the, the insane people coming after me. And I think I hold those people that, that rile up their content base, I hold them more accountable for, for what they do more than even the people that actually make the threats and are the idiots. Because uh, the, uh, the content creators know better. They know what they're doing and they're doing it to make money because it, 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 it increases their, their ratings, increases their group sizes, increases their platforms. And uh, they don't, you know, I, I don't know, maybe they do think about the people behind the, uh, the threats and the, uh, I, and maybe they don't care. I don't know. I, I like to think, well, they just don't think about it. They don't think the person behind the screen. Um, but, um, you know, and obviously as a, as a critic and as a podcaster, we, we expect a certain degree of, of criticism of what we do. Of course that's going to happen. But when it gets into those, uh, personal attacks, uh, those, uh, just when it becomes cruel and mean and it, that's, it's just, it's tough. It's really tough. Especially when it's something like as just easy as movies, you know, uh, talking yeah. about movies should never kind of rail into personal attacks. It just seems like such like, and when you think about it, it seems so silly, but when mm-hmm. it's happening, it definitely seems very real and just like not good. Yeah. I'm glad it, it calmed down. I mean, that's one thing with these idiots is that, is that uh, they, uh, they tend, it tends to be really intense, like a fire, and then they lose interest and move on to somebody else. <laughs> uh, I thought it would, but then the other day, uh, oh, I no. also oh, what? Uh, the other day, there was an account, an announced account on Letterboxd. It was an account that was made up and it had nothing on it or anything like that. It was obviously made the same day that they made the 
comments on my I had a list I have a list on Letterboxd of my favorite movies and this person was like oh no female directed films you're sexist uh and just going in on me and calling me like ugly and like I oh I think I saw those tweets yeah I wear too much makeup and like a whole bunch of nasty disgusting things Mm -hmm. um and then I they I think I blocked them on Letterboxd and then they brought it to Twitter they made a Twitter account just to troll me and they were going under my Twitter posts and saying the same sort of things and kind of insinuated that they were with the content creator that um, I had issues with. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was over until a few days ago, which is, it's kind of, it's anxiety inducing to kind of have that constant thing on your backwards. Yeah. Like, you know, they might come back and, you know, eat at me a little more. It is anxiety inducing. And it's something that I've really struggled with because I, I think about like, so we got the Snyder cut coming up and I could review it uh, and it would probably do pretty well on my channel, but I just, I, it's hard for me to, like, I, I wouldn't really make a profit on it. And so I'd basically be doing it for free, even though it would give me more listeners, but it's just like, do I want to expose myself to that kind of thing again for no real profit? Like, do I want to go through that again? <laughs> I don't know. I'm having a hard time building up my, and at least I, I feel like I have an out on that because I don't normally review rated our content on my channel. So I feel like if I don't want to, I don't have to, but it's just hard to sort of build up the, to build, I don't know, to, I'm having a hard time building up my confidence, I guess, to do it because you just oh, going through that again was really hard. But uh, Rosa, so you also had, it was so bizarre. Basically, this guy, he he got mad at you for celebrating Latin films, Latinx films. And yeah, like, what on earth? It was so weird. <laughs> yeah, so there, there's this thing going on about uh, the, the term itself, Latinx, and mm-hmm. how a lot of people uh, don't accept it and they don't embrace it. And how it it, it like breaks a lot of the Spanish uh, rules of of the language and uh, so on and so forth. So yes, I've been constantly, because of course uh, of the name of the podcast, Latinx Lens, I've been constantly told, (laughs) stop using that word, blah, 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 blah. We we don't accept it, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, not that long ago, I I also had a a little... uh, backlash not backlash but I had a little uh, incident with um, my hillbilly allergy review um, I I gave it like a lukewarm positive review and wow that the, 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 the feedback was quite bad um, in, in terms of that but in going back to to the Latinx lens uh, the Latinx um, thing I think that we are spending and and when i say we i mean latinos uh we're spending so much time just debating back and forth about whether the term is the right term or whether uh you want to identify it uh as your own or embrace it or anything that we (laughs) there's other important things to focus on and eventually i told this person you know what it's just a term it's a self-proclaimed term if you want to identify as such go for it if you don't just don't (laughs) Uh, just don't it's completely up to you however you want to identify yourself as and if if you're if you're if my if the word bothers bothers you that much then just don't listen to the podcast don't follow me and that's fine 
I'll, mm-hmm. I'll survive. Don't worry. I'll be fine. Yeah. That's um, what I always think. Like, if you don't like my content, then you don't have to. There's plenty of other creators. people. Yes, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I had a, a lot while of back. Other people out there. I, I had made a comment on my Twitter about how I hate, I hate the whole thing of like, men commenting on girly stuff and in a giddy and it's so frustrating because it always does so well <laughs> which is like oh because yeah. it's such bogus content i hate it and i just made the comment i didn't and i and i shared a photo of the the uh, channel that i didn't like and i didn't tag them i didn't say their name i just showed the photo of the thumbnail so it was that's what they're putting out there to the world they're putting the thumbnail out there right and so I was just stating my opinion. This was not content that I liked. And somehow it got picked up and it went like, went crazy. And everybody was retweeting this and everybody's, and for the most part, everybody agreed with me. But then like, again, his defenders came and, and they were like, you're shaming him. And so I'm like, no, I'm not. I literally did not mention him. I didn't, I didn't tag him. I just stated my opinion. He can go, they can go go forward making their money and making their videos they obviously more successful than i am so go for it keep doing what you're doing it's just not for me (laughs) and i think that that's sometimes something that people just struggle with is they can't handle the fact that like somebody might have a different opinion uh even a strong opinion on on uh on other people's content on other people's movies on other people's you know and 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 so, I don't know, it can just be really, really frustrating when you just, you just get pummeled by on, on the social media thing. And, 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 and it can be such a positive thing. For the most part, I think it is very positive for me. But man, those, those uh, when you get trolled, it's pretty tough. And I was thinking particularly also about that, about that one guy on Twitter who was like, this is against everything. <laughs> that uh i believe in or whatever uh and uh that he trolled you pretty hard and then we all kind of came to your defense do you remember that oh was it the female directing or or uh, i was, was probably it? advocating for it was yeah the mo- mo- the, yeah i don't want to say his name um but yes yes so we were uh advocating or i was <laughs> i'm over here we um i was advocating for more female representation particularly in directing yeah um and he was like this is something i always yeah, it's fight like against tokenism or something like yeah. that yes oh my gosh Jesus. yeah so so he said that uh directors shouldn't be hired just because they're women they shouldn't be given opportunities because they're women that they should earn it pretty much um and again i'm not saying i'm not advocating for yes hollywood give women these jobs i'm just simply saying give them the interview give anybody else the interview give them equal opportunities to go up there to showcase their talents because we um they can do it <laughs> women can direct films um as we can see th- this just this year alone and yeah he he was pretty harsh on it and he told me that yeah women and yeah and it was also i was also talking about latinos and how we should be uh, also yeah. given uh, more opportunities to um, do more more characters and and so on and yeah he said well it's just tokenism and you're just advocating for people to get jobs just because of their skin color or of their gender when what matters here is the story what matters here is uh to make well, sure he's claiming st- that, 
the uh-huh. best talent always rises to the top. Exactly. So if they're talented, yes. then they will then they will get the uh, the, the jobs. But what yeah. they don't understand is basically you have a whole bunch of people all with the same qualifications. Let's be honest. Right. Right. In in any field, not even just in movies, in any field. You have a whole bunch of people who have all the same qualifications. Who are the easiest persons for you to cast, to to hire, to whatever? The easiest people for you to to choose are the people that you know, right? Mm-hmm. And so if if you've only worked with with men, those are the people that you know, those are the people that you're going to hire. And it doesn't mean that they're not qualified and that they won't do a good job because we all a bunch of people all basically have about the same qualifications, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I was talking to a sound editor, uh, a pretty famous sound editor named Mitch Koston last year, I guess it was 2019 now, she made a documentary about sound editing. And I asked her because uh, for a long time, the, uh, the world of sound editing and stuff and sound was all pretty, pretty male. And I asked her if that was improving, what she thought. And this is what she said. She says, uh, she says, that hasn't changed that much. I used to think it was nefarious before I got into the business, but that's not what happens. In reality, you work long days and sometimes it's easier to pick people they feel more comfortable with or have experience with. So you have to have more of a consciousness about it. So when we're saying, when we're advocating for more women to be involved, whether it's film criticism, whether it's uh, whether it's uh, acting, directing, whatever it might be in any field, it takes a consciousness because that's not the people that are the, probably the easiest to find and hire that have those skills. Yeah. But we need their voices. We need their input in all fields. And so the more that, just like we were talking about, that female criticism adds something to the, the world of criticism, same thing with any of these other fields. So you have to have a consciousness about it. You have to really be thinking about it. And so if we just pretend like, oh, well, the best person is going to get the job, that's just not reality. That's not, that's not playing by the actual, by, by how things are actually done. <laughs> I don't know, Hannah, what do you think about that? Yeah, I agree 100%. It's like, a lot of people seem to don't understand that like it's the representation that a lot of us really do like care about um especially with people who are like oh well it's not about um it has to be the people who earned it and i had this conversation a lot when uh todd phillips was nominated for director uh at the oscars (laughs) um because i out of the nominees that was there uh he was the one that stuck out to me that seemed like he brought the least amount of his own unique voice to his film and it seemed like he was just there to you know fill a spot Uh, and there were so many films uh released in 2019 uh directed by women that were just fantastic and a lot of people brought up well he earned it he had you know a better film than then and I'm like well that's your opinion that's you know to me I think that Honey Boy is better than Joker right I would have put her in instead of Todd Phillips so it's like we're gonna have different <laughs> yeah, yes, we're going to have different well. perspectives and a lot of people who do bring up that kind of oh it's tokenism really like, stuff like that don't really understand that they're not the only voice that matters a lot of the time. So it's yeah. frustrating especially when you have those conversations where like oh well, you know, it was a guy made a better film than a girl and it's like well that's your opinion on it. I see another way. Yeah. So 
in uh, in midge she also said in this interview that i gave with her she said of course you have incredible female sound designers but what still happens a lot is you will have women put in charge of projects deemed women's sounds or children's sounds which is really kind of silly and that is so true and that's still something that we're you know finding i mean i work in every day in what would be considered sort of women's entertainment i guess as far as um hallmark is typically viewed as a female uh geared uh company and uh and i'm very proud of all that they do uh to give women opportunities to produce to direct to write uh, that i think that they do some great things but but you can't have you have to have that as an option as an as a really great thing as an awesome thing but it can't be the only option it can't be the uh the woman's space right that uh that they're allowed to kind of talk about (laughs) and work in it's a problem yeah and i think we need to overall as a society like try it's begin or or at least attempt to deprogram the social norms um, from from our brain because of course you're 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 just gonna if you're gonna hire women yes you're gonna probably put them in hair and 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 production design or makeup Mm -hmm. or costume or something that's so that meets I guess society's norms of what women are capable of doing and I, yeah, I think the documentary, um, the half of it, which highlights the lack of representation and everything of female directors in Hollywood, uh, because they they are vastly represented in the independent world, uh, but Hollywood is the one that that just that gatekeeping that's just keeping them away. And I think it breaks it down perfectly mm-hmm. as to why. Um, and a lot has to do by that. A lot of people don't think of women as directors Uh, they Mm -hmm. they don't look at us as having the potential or being capable of doing any of it and I think it's time we start um just slowly slowly deprogramming that that yeah and I also I, I get frustrated when I feel like anything that is sort of made with women in mind is somehow viewed as kind of silly or stupid or frustrating and pushing an agenda yeah or or yeah or an agenda definitely yeah and and it's not that that doesn't ever happen it does happen but uh but it's a frustrating when it seems like everything is viewed in those lenses and that you know that a movie has to be practically perfect in order to win the sort of appraise uh, uh the praise of a certain certain degree of the internet at least uh, in that if there's any flaws and it's a female geared product, it's really treated bad. It's really, really treated bad. Yeah. Uh, so I know it's an interesting thing. Well, we like to, uh, in this podcast, talk about, we've talked a little bit here about unpopular opinions mm-hmm. that we've had. Uh, but uh, Rosa, what's one review that you've done <laughs> either on your show or whatever that you had an unpopular opinion on? You said uh, one earlier. Yeah, hillbillyology. Um, I think that one is got me a lot of uh, a lot of heat <laughs> mm-hmm. just for giving it a lukewarm positive review. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my god, the things I was called for that for that review. And it, in a way, though, I awkwardly appreciated that that happened because I learned so much from that incident. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned a whole lot. But yeah, I just by the review, I was immediately boxed into a political party. <laughs> uh, I was already, uh, I was named a, a particular supporter of, of the president that was in charge uh, last <laughs> term uh, because I gave it a lukewarm positive review. Yeah. Uh, and well, in, that was that ridiculous. <laughs> that's really interesting because I am, I had the flip experience because yeah. I am, I'm not a supporter of the president, of, the, of President Trump, but I am more of a conservative okay. uh, in, in some of my views. And mm-hmm. uh, so I put out my review because I did not like Hillbilly LG at all. Oh. It was not for me. I, uh, and, yeah. uh, and I tried to explain myself as well as I could that uh, things I didn't like about it. And I got all of these comments in my review about, oh, you're just a liberal. You're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're just a, wow. a feminist liberal. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Not at yeah, all. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I was, yeah, I was called a traitor because I, I'm a Latina and I'm a Trump supporter, according to them. And I was, eh, there's this rhetoric, I guess, that Cubans yeah. are the ones that are the Trump supporters. So I was being called a Cuban, apparently. Um, so yeah, it, it was just ridiculous to just come up with the notion and oh just automatically think that I'm a, a particular political party or just have a an agenda per se just because I gave it a lukewarm and my Mm -hmm. only positive aspect of it was the the character of Amy Adams because Mm -hmm. I personally have had issues with with drug addiction so to see that um, depicted in the film that's kind of similar to my experience was something that it struck a chord with me and apparently that makes me a Trump supporter yeah (laughs) that's funny Anna what about you what's an unpopular opinion that you had um, I have two that come to mind. Uh, mm-hmm. I last uh, t- in 2019, I was like the biggest champion of it chapter two and far from home uh, on film Twitter. And a lot of people just did not it did not sit with them well uh <laughs> it's like I could talk about like whatever I liked in the film and still be like hey I understand why people don't like these movies uh completely understand why I see the issues that you see too but they just don't bother me like they do you yeah. uh and people just couldn't understand that we had a different perspective uh and I was brought on to a lot of podcasts to kind of talk about these both of these films because I was like I said one of the biggest like champions of them and it seemed like every time I'd get on they'd all disliked it and then I'd be the one to be like well I loved it Uh, (laughs) and I'd have to like kind of uh debate everyone as to why I love it and them not liking it so yeah yeah. (laughs) there were a couple like that for me I really loved Toy Story 4 and a lot of people were kind of didn't like that I thought it was great I really loved uh, Mary Poppins Returns and a lot of people Mm -hmm. didn't like that Uh, and I normally don't love the uh, live action remakes but I'm I'm I, I, I'm not, I don't have some kind of preset agenda of disliking them. Mm-hmm. And so every once in a while, one will come out that I actually like. And so, I, Yeah, I, I like the Lion King, like the new Lion oh, King. Oh, you did? I had a lot of people upset at me about that. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. Like, I, do, I don't go in with my mind made up. I watch yeah. the movie and if it affects me, then it affects me. I can't like help yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I also famously gave Fresh to Cats, which is very rare. Uh, but I think Dwayne, he likes cats, right? 
No. No? It was, it was no. one of them on that podcast, I swear. One of Larry's <laughs> friends. I was thinking it was him. Really likes it. But um, I didn't really like it. It was kind of a mess. But I don't know. I'm just a musical person. I love musicals. And I had fun <laughs> with it. It was weird. It was different. I enjoyed it. And yeah. uh, But um, uh, it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> because I've seen the show and so I mean <laughs> go on um but I but I really did love Mary Poppins Returns I just thought it had such heart and I loved the dancing and the music and Emily Blunt and as Mary Poppins and uh Dick Van Dyke and I don't know I just I loved it I thought it was great and uh so and I feel like a lot of people have kind of come around on that movie I've and seen a it, lot more people positive yeah. on it than I did when it originally came mm-hmm. out I think so too. And another big one that I had an unpopular opinion on was I did not like Birdman. Even to this day, I still don't like Birdman. I haven't rewatched it, but don't, nor do I want to, but I did not care for it at all. I thought it was just, I hated all the female characters and how they were portrayed. And especially the critics at the end, I thought was just so grown worthy. And so on the nose and I just uh, the ending I hated <laughs> it was not for me and I and of course it won best picture so many people disagree with me <laughs> I did not like it. but I feel like a lot of people have kind of come around on that one as well that now when I kind of have that opinion there's a lot more people that are like yeah we, we don't like it so anyway it's an interesting experience and a lot of people yeah. think that uh, think that we thrive off of these kinds of experiences but at least for me I I actively hate them <laughs> I, me too. I don't I don't like to I, it gives me anxiety I mean it's frustrating and when I when I got out of Shazam I knew it was going to be miserable I knew I was going to have an unpopular opinion and it was awful <laughs> and, I didn't like it. and uh and so I think that's I don't know. That's a misconception I feel like about a lot of critics is that we like love giving these or podcasters giving these negative hot takes or whatever. It's not fun to be in the minority. It's really no, not. it's not. You like it's to not. be able to engage in like, you know, conversations that everyone else who loved it. You like to be a part of that. It's mm-hmm. a communal thing. That's why I love being in like the film community so much. Yeah. It's just it sucks that people can't handle like differing opinions a lot of the time I mean I was gonna I forgot to bring this up when you just asked me just now but an unpopular opinion but my favorite movie of all time is calling by your name a lot of people have issues with the movie and I understand why people have issues with the movie and I every single time on Twitter someone like gets in with me about it I say I understand I really do but I just don't view it that way and people just can't understand that a lot of the time so I don't talk about it anymore I don't even have it in my letterbox favorites because I'm so scared that people are just so vicious whenever I bring up that I you know love the movie and it's sad that you know there is people in our community who take it you know that seriously and personally when you don't like something or you do like something that they dislike or they like you know Mm -hmm. yeah it is really sad it's just it's just a missed opportunity is what it is that we can't have this chance to talk with each other and to learn from each other's opinions and uh so uh next let's talk about the uh let's talk about a a review or a um a uh an episode of a podcast or whatever that we're proud of that we think was really good what about you hannah what do you think uh yeah i'm gonna go back to the it chapter two uh thing that i was talking about i was on a lot of people's 
uh, podcasts uh, to talk about it chapter two because I was the one person who didn't like it. Uh, well, I did like it. I mean, uh, and it creates a good conversation to have two people who had different opinions. Yeah. And every single review that I was on, I think that I, you know, I just poured so much love into every single one of them because I love the movie so much. And I thought that I, you know, expressed my feelings very well. And uh, I don't think that because oh, there are a few times when I'd be the only one who liked it on the on their reviews and there'd be more than one person who disliked it. So it would kind of feel like ganging up a little bit. <laughs> um, and I think I like to think that I stood my ground and, you know, didn't back down to anyone trying to tell me that, oh, you shouldn't like it for this reason or, you know, there's issues with it and stuff like that. And me still being mm-hmm. like, no, I love the movie <laughs> and yeah. I didn't see it that way. So, yeah, I'm really proud of all of those podcasts that I were on to talk about um, that movie. That's great because every movie has problems and and so (laughs) literally and so every so what's the key is finding the movies that you're you forgive you forget about the problems yeah right and you enjoy Uh, and so that's what people sometimes don't understand like they'll point out the plot holes and it's like um I know I, I explained that to Good so job. many people. I explained that to so many people with It Chapter 2 and Far From Home, especially Far From Home, because there is plot holes in that movie. And I'd be like, well, listen, there's parts of the movie that I just absolutely fell head over heels with. So it's like, I don't focus on those parts that you're complaining about, but I understand why that bothered you. But to me, I just don't see them because I'm too busy focusing on the parts that I loved so much, especially with mm. It Chapter 2. And it's like, ugh, it's so hard to to understand that other people don't understand that perspective. Yeah. What about you, Rosa? What's uh, something you've done in your content that you're really proud of? Yeah, so it's related to the same film, but uh, there was two instances. I I did a podcast episode um, reviewing Promising Young Woman. And then for Twitter, I uh, tried to do a thread of uh, female uh, critics reviewing the film. Um, because, of course, after the Variety uh, incident and, and the critic who um, reviewed the film and then he was talking about Carrie Mulligan's um, uh, physical appearance and, and, and how she wasn't hot enough <laughs> for, for, for the movie. So I just decided, you know what, again, the male gaze comes, comes to play. So let's have women, whether they like, like the film or not, let's get the perspective of women. Because at the end of the day, uh, the movie is written, it's directed, and it's starring, and it's dealing and highlighting a lot of things that women experience. So um, yeah, I did a Twitter thread about uh, female critics, and, and I just asked them to to post their reviews. And luckily, I did get a, a wide enough response, and there were several, several women um, that did come up and then just share their um, their review, luckily. And yeah, I did a review episode for In Their Own League. It was uh, me and three other female critics when we were praising the film. So I, it might become a little boring or repetitive, I guess, at some point, because there was nothing negative we can talk about <laughs> the movie. We just love the film from to pieces, to from the music, to the acting, to, to everything about it. So um, yeah, I guess yeah. It, it's that movie. And then, um, yeah, the Twitter thread and then that episode. <laughs> well, in the Variety review, it was so crazy to me because i'm thinking did you watch the movie at all because that was like yeah. all of what the movie was about was about yeah. men not doing that <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> or the people on twitter who deemed it the female joker <laughs> that was a weird that was very <sighs> weird yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was very weird <laughs> 
Um, well, one for me that I, I, I really do love my Black Panther review. It's one of my favorites where I talk about the crisis of leadership and, and whose who's, uh, principles of leadership is, is correct because they both have a perspective. And uh, I, I really thought that was very well written. Uh, but another article that I wrote, this is way back in 2016, as an animation fan, I got really tired of every time the studios would pump out a, uh, a terrible idea People would say, well, the Lego movie was good. And we didn't think that was going to be good. <laughs> I feel like you can say that with like every Lord and Miller movie, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so finally, I wrote an article called The Lego Movie Excuse. And uh, it's about how the, there, were, there were signs that there was a lot more potential in the Lego movie than, than just, oh, this movie about toys. If people took it like 30 seconds to actually like look at the team behind it and also the, the amount of properties that were, the amount of IP included in Lego. So the amount of jokes and the amount of, of uh, canon that they could find. Whereas let's say something like Playmobil, it doesn't have all of that canon. It doesn't have Batman, Superman, uh, Iron Man. Uh, you know, everything uh, that you can poke fun at Harry Potter, you know, there's just everything is in Legos. And so there's way more there to go off of. But every movie for so long was like, oh, well, the Lego movie was good. And I'm like, stop, stop. And, uh, oh my God, that is so you know, funny. <laughs> so that, that was a, that was something that uh, I, I, <laughs> just said maybe it doesn't matter but i'm a little sick of hearing the lego movie excuse (laughs) (laughs) so now so naturally hollywood is going to try and give us a million copycats and that's why we can't have nice things but i think some healthy (laughs) skepticism is a good thing make the studios earn our faith in projects and then they will work harder to wow us and please stop giving the lego movie excuse (laughs) (laughs) so that was a fun one (laughs) Uh, so yeah, uh, I, it, it, for all of the, for all of the bad sides, it really is a wonderful thing to be able to be a podcaster, uh, to be a, uh, to be a critic is a, is a great privilege. And for the most part, the, even Twitter for the most part has been a great blessing in my life, especially during this last year where I, I just don't know how I would have survived like without it like, because yeah, it has just been so <laughs> isolating and so lonely. And so to be able to have community, even if it has those toxic elements has been a huge blessing and I'm very grateful for that. And uh, so and I'm really grateful for you for coming and talking uh, with us. And uh, why don't you share your content and where people can find you? Why don't you start Rosa? Yes, and Rachel, thank you. Thank you for the invite. I am one of your biggest fans. So this is truly an honor to be here. Um, Yes, you can find me on every social media platform at Rosa's Reviews. And you can also find uh, Latinx uh, podcast over at any uh, podcast platform, also social media at Latinx Lens. And in their own league as well. Uh, Podcast is their league, in their own league. And then we're also available on every social media platform at their league. And thank you. <laughs> Hannah, what about you? Yeah, thank you for having me on. I 
said in the beginning, but I love you both. So <laughs> I was so excited to talk to you guys. Uh, but you can find me at Movies and Cats on Twitter. And then you can find uh, my podcast, uh, Cinemania World, at Cinemania World on everywhere. And then also I co-host a podcast called Robert Podcastson. And you can find that everywhere too on all streaming platforms. So yeah, that's great. I forgot to ask you about that. <laughs> I forgot to mention it in the yeah. beginning. <laughs> it's a new podcast. It's a new podcast. So. That's great. That's great. If you uh, love Robert, Pat- uh, Robert Pattinson. <laughs> very good. That's great. Uh, so yeah, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So please check all of that out. And also you can find me at the Hallmarkies Podcast where we have interviews and lots of really great content over there and uh, so thanks again and if you are interested if you're a female film critic or blogger or youtuber and you would like to come on this series please let me know dm me or or put in the comments section we'd love to uh to expand even more beyond just the people that i happen to know and now that we're keeping this up every month so let me know if you're interested i would love to hear from you and uh and please like this video please subscribe to the channel and also consider becoming a patron we really appreciate that so much and we also have our merch store which is really fun so thank you very much ladies i really appreciate it and we'll talk next month bye